Quickening, when slaves leave polyamory, is it growth or just plain old disrespect? And Invasion of the Tentacle Links. BDSM and non-standard relationships. Polyamory and power exchange. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As well as Simply Fun Kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakening.com. Erotic Awakening Podcast Network.com. Damn it to tears. <laughs> well, that's what I get for doing a st- silly accent. <laughs> you can now purchase books by Dan and Dawn as well as Kingstarter cards online. Head over to eroticawakening.com and click on the link to buy Dan and Dawn. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you're offended by adult topics or prohibited law by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Right now? Good morning. Good Dawn. morning. Hi, Dan. Hey, <laughs> boy, we screwed this all up. Hi, Dan. See, with this in my hand? Yes. It's my first cup of coffee. Uh-huh. It's not in my mouth yet. <laughs> oh, and there it goes. <laughs> hi, uh, hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. <laughs> I this week on the podcast. So I actually just last night spent 40 minutes talking to Bat. If you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, you've heard uh, us talk about Slave Bat. And over the course of... Um, I don't know how many episodes, but over three years, she has been in my collar and in my service. And about six months ago, she came to me and begged for release. Well, she asked quite nicely for release. Mm. And um, being the gentleman that I am, I certainly I um, went ahead and released her. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been about six months and she stopped by the space last night. And we talked about that process for her, what it's like to leave a master. And hopefully, slaves out there that are thinking that perhaps they have grown out of their collar will have some advice on how they might want to proceed as well. Plus, we did a lot of, I think, um, processing as well. Good. So, Well, I wasn't there and I haven't heard it myself, so I'm kind of kind of looking looking forward to it. I don't know. Was the crying... Uh, there was no visible crying. Okay, no visible crying, so nothing I'm going... Because that'll make me cry. So <laughs> I liked having Slave Bat around. But she has moved on, and um, her life is very full right now. So I'm just... I'm kind of curious to hear the interview myself. Well, you, you'll you have to wait until I get this published. Okay. <laughs> but before we get there, we do have a question of the day. It goes like this, Don. We often talk about in the polyamory world this moment of what about me, where... Um, and I know this is not so much about that, but so for example, I say, hey, Don, I know that, ah, here's a good example. In October, Karen and I are going off on a cruise. Right. How do you know if that is simply, and then, of course, you have feelings of, oh, what about me? I want to go on cruises, too. You're leaving me behind. What am I going to do for five days while you're off gallivanting in I thought cruises was our thing because we've done cruises before and, yeah, that type of stuff. And, yeah, so what am I supposed to do and why do you guys get five days but me and you don't get five-day vacations? Right. We get to travel a lot, but we don't get five-day vacations. So, yeah, there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of processing going on there. Yeah, absolutely. So the question is then how do you know in a situation like that whether it's a moment of it's time for you to self-reflect and say this is just what polyamory is, or you are genuinely being disrespected. You are genuinely being taken advantage of. So, see, honestly, I don't know that I can answer that one because to me it's more of a feeling. To me it's a, if I said I had these feelings and wanted to process them and you came back at me and said, fuck you, deal with it, that'd be disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the part of the answer to the question? Part of the answer is, is your partner willing to engage and assist you through whatever the situation is? I think that is part of the answer, but I don't know that everybody's got that skill or knows about that mm-hmm. skill. When you and I first started... And um, I would say, help me, help me. I don't know that we realize that that was part of the answer. Right. So I don't know that people are choosing to be disrespectful when they don't think of that option. Well, then the other way to tell that, to recognize whether you're being disrespected or whether you're just having challenges that go along with polyamory, Mm -hmm. hopefully for you and I at this point, um, 
we have a body of work to look back at. Mm-hmm. We have a nine years of polyamory just with Karen, right. plus some other you know years before that, where you can look back and you could say, well, Dan has in the past has always come home in the right. past. Um, you know, this is the kind of thing where we've done these things before and it's not about disrespecting me. It's about being his authentic self. Right. Um, so for me, the other part of it is, you know, the body of work. Do you have the faith in that person? Mm-hmm. Right. And then the other aspect that you can look at is you look all the way back to the beginning of the relationship where you hopefully, and because I've been writing about polyamory lately in one of my because I have so much goddamn time available <laughs> projects, is um, you start off with this foundation of the why. And by that, I mean, why are you doing polyamory in the first place? And you and I, because we were a couple before we went into polyamory land, we started off with a joint, why are we doing polyamory? It's a joint and an individual. And the why, why are you, you know, why are we doing polyamory in the first place? You know, well... So you look back at that and you reflect that, you know, you say, well, you know, this desire to be our authentic selves and to do things and to support the other person, mm-hmm. right, helps to answer the question. The real question is, are they doing it at me or are they doing it in spite of me right. or am I really not part of this? They're doing it for them. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you're being, if you're, you have to be careful how you English that, right? Because right, it sounds right. like you're being disrespected in that situation, but you're not. I am not. Being disrespected means that I am ignoring you and doing something in spite of, or to spite you. Right. Right. Um, here I'm doing something that you'd prefer to do with me. Exactly. But not in spite of you or not to you. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a challenging. It's very challenging. You're right. You know, you take all that and then you have to apply the emotional connection to it. You know, the instinctive connection and, to it. And it it very much for me does become instinctive or more of a feeling. And you know, sometimes if I get stuck in that, what about me? I have to go and start using our poly tools, which is the manual mode and uh, you know things like that. So. You know, are you doing this to me? And a lot of times it's actually easier for me to process your part in it, right? I know I have faith in you. I know you're not doing anything to me or at me. Sometimes it actually becomes more challenging with uh, your other partner, mm-hmm. whoever that may be. I'm not mm-hmm. just picking on Karen or anything. So, and then it, because I don't know them as well as you do, that becomes harder to process. That's why I was thinking this question of the day could actually be a whole topic because then, because it's not just you, right? It's who you're with as well. How do I know that they're not being disrespectful? So with their actions, because I, like I said, I don't know them as well. I don't know them as intimately (laughs) because we don't have that sort of relationship. So, you know, it becomes a little more difficult. And I would say you, you take a step further away from all this and look at it from a different angle. And this idea of am I being disrespected? Am I being uh, taken advantage of? Mm-hmm. That, yeah. To say those are both perception mm-hmm. states. Especially am I being disrespected, but even being taken advantage of, both of them start with this sense of self, right? We do have partners that come into our life that don't have our best interest or our metamorphs best interest. And, you know, we have had a partner um, who said that they wanted to supplant my other slave and then they wanted to supplant you. Pointed right at me. And... (laughs) You know, we have to look at ourselves and say, do I allow myself to feel disrespected just because someone doesn't respect me? Mm. You know, there's this... Now, in that situation where they clearly, you know, were coming after you, Mm -hmm. that was an area where you say, okay, these, you know, this is not only how I feel, but this is how it is. But, you know, there's this idea that, you know... Just because somebody says you're fat, ugly, and lazy doesn't make you fat, ugly, and lazy. Right. Right? Um, 
I had somebody uh, insult me and tell me I was a skinny liberal. And I step back and I say, well, liberal, perhaps. Perhaps that is a legitimate can you know label skinny i wish <laughs> um but both i look at is you know they 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 threw them at me as insults and i look at that and say do i accept those as interests mm. as insults right mm-hmm. you know i don't think label the label of liberal is really an insult it's a it's they thought it was they thought it was because they're not <laughs> right um and they perceive me as skinny because they right. are, not are not skinny right, right. they're very not skinny um, uh, so the idea that you can be disrespected by a partner, part of that is our own perception, our own desire, our own acceptance of being disrespected. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I have another way to look at it too, though. As we, as we go from this quick question of the day See, into a full I, blown, and I was, I was afraid of this. So do, you, will positive. you remember the other way to look at it? If I pause you for a moment? Uh, Yes. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by KJ Canes, home of the designer Glow in the Dark and Light Up Canes. This is where Art and Pleasure comes together to meet your unique style. They have the biggest selection of canes on the net. You don't believe me? Fuck you. <laughs> and it's more than just canes. Check out the brand new KJCanes.com for a great selection of hand-poured, low-temp paraffin and soy wax candles, as well as all the basics such as gags, collars, fetish jewelry, nipple clamps, whips, floggers, paddles, vibes, and more. Okay, I haven't counted every cane on the net. I grant you that. <laughs> but I've been out there. They have a lot of canes. And anyway, EA listeners get 10% off orders of $25 or more with the discount code DND16. Head over to KJCanes.com. Buy some canes. Awesome. So, so, did you were you successful in your remembering? I, I yes, because I had to visualize feet. Um, <laughs> um, my other trick at the moment is, and the other tool that I use very well to see if I'm disrespected or not, is to put myself in their shoes. Ooh. Or or <laughs> yeah, picture feet. Yeah, yeah. So I had to picture feet. Um, uh, I'm learning to remember to go back to my, my visual roots to try to remember people's names and stuff. Oh, when we go to Dallas, I remember his name. So um, I'll have to teach you so how I do I. that. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I have a movie poster from the 80s in my head. Oh, nice. So I think of a hotel room. I'll explain that later. So um, uh, Put yourself in other, other people's feet. Sorry, I'm off on... Uh, anyway, visual go on, go land. On. So what I do is, okay, so you and Karen are going on a cruise. And very much I got slammed, not as hard as usual, with the what about me? You guys are going for five days. We don't get to go for five days anywhere where it's just relaxing. Um, What am I going to do with me? And then I started getting excited of, oh, what am I going to do for me? Oh, I can go take a plane trip. I've got a little bit of money put away for a vacation. I can go do this or that. Oh, wait, now I can't go do that because... I have responsibilities to do something else. Yes. Anyway, yes. so I went more into the what about me mode. Um, but if I look at other footsteps or s- reverse it, what if Big D asked me on to go on a cruise? Mm-hmm. Is that being disrespectful to you? No. It's mm. him doing something that he usually does with his wife, right? right? They're cruise people. But what if he wanted to just go with me and do that? You know, is it being disrespectful to his wife? Is it being disrespectful to you? No, it's something that he enjoys that he wants to go try to help take us away so that right. we can go develop our relationship. Has nothing to do with pulling Boy, me away great. from anything else. That's a great way to look at it. If you come to me and say, hey, Dart's come up, Dart wants to work on the foundation of our relationship and it's going to take a little bit of time, mm-hmm. I would certainly be very supportive of that. If the way you presented that was, by going on a cruise mm-hmm. to the Caribbean. Right. You know, why should I stop? Oh, wait, I like going on cruises. So now you work, you're working on the foundation of relationships uh, an insult to me? Right. Well, that's a great way to look it's at it. It's a great way. I think you just came up with the answer. Yeah. You should have said that I 13 minutes I ago. I didn't think of it had. until now, right? <laughs> so, but that's how I've been having to do things recently because I do have a lack of trust in people. Mm-hmm. I do have that trigger that is a fear of rejection and it causes my perception, knowing these things about me, causes my perception to be off about things, right? So what I perceive of you two going out to a cruise, 
I have to watch how I layer those fears into that. So if I can step back and go, oh, well, what if me and Big D yeah. um, did that? You know, and I'm really learning that skill, and it's starting to come in handy. Have we, so. Is that so? We teach a class called Eight Poly Tools, mm-hmm. which is a class about twelve poly tools. It's terribly misnamed. Is that even on the list? It is at this point. Um, we had someone that came to our next to last workshop on that because we did it like three times in one weekend. That was at the space, and he actually sent me a copy of all the notes that he took. <clears throat> oh, nice! And we listed sixteen. I just added them. I just added them to our Dropbox. So there were sixteen, not eight. That's <laughs> so good. Except for now, it's a really long, funky class. Right. It right. Took a lot. And really, there's a seventeenth that we never have time to get to. Absolutely. Even an eighteenth. Now that I think about yeah. it. Yeah. Based on the advanced. Uh, yeah. Habitual patterns. All right, we got to wrap this puppy up. We do. We both have to go to work, but we wanted to get you guys a podcast out there. We do have ideas for our next one, but we need to go over tentacle lips. Oh my God, there's so many. I know, because we we skip a week or two, and now there's dozens of them. Some of our most famous tentacle link senders uh, have sent tentacle links. As well as some new people, uh, be, so tell us about them, Don. Oh well, what and, happened was was that um, one, one of the things is that a new kite came out on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So everybody's sending me links to this kite, and all I can think of is I want to go back to Ocean City, Maryland, and get one of these kites from the kite loft. I bet they have <laughs> them. So anyway, we have Trinkster who sent me the octopus kite link, and Marco, and Selfbound. Oh, I bet you there was more than that, but those are the three that I got documented. And then there was um, custom tentacle wall art. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one? Yep. So that um, was really cool too. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh, you know, no, no, wait. Now you get the cat. You can't just keep going. Okay. When you say custom tentacle wall art by a naughty Kitka, Kitka, that's what it looks like. Naughty, naughty Kitka. It is wall art that they did custom for you with some octopus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's been a little while at this point. Again, it's not just that it's, you know, it's just generic custom. Right, right, right. It's, uh, hey, Dawn, I was thinking about you. I got to go back and take a look at uh, that. Tentacle art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point me out to that a little later. I will, I will. It's been a couple of weeks. I'm going to go look at it again. So, and then we had um, Pages sent me a link to a tentacle comic. Who we just got to meet the other week. We did, we did, at PXS, Mm -hmm. uh, which we should be processing a little bit more. Um, But it was hot. It was hot. I, I really love that sort of stuff. The whole um, anime and comics and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So, And then uh, Sasquatch sent me a tentacle comic. And it's uh, kind of like, oh, I can't think of the name of it, but it's a fox. It's a female fox. It's kind of like those cards that we did um, a review on one time. It's like oh, anime. Um, it's a uh, furries. Um, yes, yes. Kind of uh, like erotic uh, furries. Erotic comic or something. Yes, we did it. And actually, uh, Pittsburgh Chris did the interview for us. Mm, it was mm-hmm. a is a deck of play of gamer cards that were about furry adventures. Right, right. So, but they're comics, so they're really, really hot. And um, this one, it was it was a big blue fox that had purple tentacles wrapped around her and she was being fucked and it was it was really awesome and then so um, was it it was, it was a uh white fox no it's a blue fox hmm why i'm, I'm searching the interwebs keep going keep okay. going all right oh I've, I've got the links they sent them to me by fet so i, I don't okay. lose them um and then big d actually got me a tentacle <laughs> centerpiece for our living room for which my you're birthday. sitting there now yes <laughs> So that's awesome. Void George sent a hot cartoon that um, even you seem to enjoy. That so. one was pretty fucking hot. And, and me and Void George talked a little bit about that. It's like oh, yeah? neither of us really identify as tentacle people, uh-huh. but that was fucking hot. The tentacle was wrapped around her panties, exposing her it and was just holding her hot. arms back. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then Void George also sent a picture of um, an octopus candle holder, which looks almost like my tentacle centerpiece now, except it holds the eight candles so mm. cute 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 nice 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 uh, thanks I guys i do love these pictures <laughs> i do want to mention really quickly before we go on that the uh at some point we have to actually get around to recording a commercial for the people of kink radio show um with mixed feelings i will say the people of kink podcast is no longer going to be part of the erotic awakening podcast network not due to any drama of any sort, but just due to, same as our interview coming up with Slave Bat, it's just a matter of growth. And as yeah. we grow, we need new foundations and do new things. 
uh, Crazy Heart, the host of the Cra- People of Kink podcast, has certainly been growing a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we manage time and priorities, we have to make some adjustments. So a fond farewell to the People of Kink podcast. You'll still hear about the People of Kink radio show once I get my shit together and actually record that commercial for him like he's been asking me to do for 4,000 years. Awesome. And good luck, crazy heart. So. And finally, before we get into this awesome interview, Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Head over to adventuresinsexuality.org and get your tickets to cope the event everybody is going to be talking about. So, Don. Yes? What are you going to do yes, at COPE? Quickly, what am I going to quickly, quickly, quickly. We're almost, uh, oh, we're way out of time. We're way out of time. So, and I want to talk about it next week when we talk about my uh, Naughty 101 list that I just posted to FetLife. Excellent. <laughs> so, if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, then you have heard me refer to Slave Bat. Uh, probably along the lines of Slave Bat took care of us at the leather event. Slave Bat made me something wonderful to eat. Things like that. And and the way I have sex with Slave Bat has been on the podcast as well. I don't know if you know that, Bat. I think, I think yeah, I think I heard that. Okay, good. Well, I, knew, I knew what we were doing. Yes. Yes. So tonight, I want to talk about that. Do I shortly. still have the, is there still the mark? The burn mark? Oh, no, there's no burn mark there. Okay. I like the fact <laughs> we're starting this interview with you lifting your shirt up. I appreciate that. <laughs> So tonight on the podcast, uh, Bat, we're going to talk about the fact that you are no longer, so you no longer identify as Slave Bat. Correct. And you no longer identify as Dan's anything. Correct. So. Well, no, that's not true. (laughs) Tell me more. That's not true. Well, so before we get there. Yes. um, The point of this discussion is, I guess, you tell me, what is the point of this discussion? Because you actually were the person that suggested it would make a good podcast. I approached you at the wedding, didn't I? Um, because I had several people that had asked me and it usually it was sort of in hushed tones, mm-hmm. um, like off to the side and they weren't seeing a lot of me, um, which had nothing to do with what happened with us in our relationship mm-hmm. at all. Um, but they would sort of approach me to the side and they'd be like, so we know what it said on FET, pause. Right. Um, but if you need somebody to talk to, pause. Um, I had one person, which I believe I talked to you about. I didn't talk to you. I talked to Bella Dawn about it, um, who actually approached me and said, um, so I'm in your corner. And this is after <laughs> I had watched them on FET post to your posting about us uh, no longer being in this relationship, the power exchange relationship. And they posted about all how much they respected everything. And then I get this bizarre, what I felt was bizarre message, like I'm in your corner. And I thought like there aren't corners. We're right. more like a yurt. <laughs> There's just like, you know, there, there weren't corners. Um, so, was that from this person? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so bizarre to me. Um, Not as, so what we're talking about is the fact that you were in my collar for some two years or so. Um, <laughs> no, almost not four. No. Yeah. Yeah. You were in my collar for four years, and then... I was in my third year when I left you, I think. Okay. Yes. And then one day you came to me, and I got the... Well, there's a false time I thought you were going to ask me that. Mm-hmm. But you came to me one day, you said, look, we're done. Well, you said, you said it very kindly. You said, I would want to be released. I released you from my collar. And that's mm-hmm. been a, not a horrible amount of time now. I'm thinking six December? months or so. Yeah, about six months. Right. I was no, very I careful in my choosing. Um, I didn't want it too close to the holidays. <laughs> I um, was sort of tapping into Bell at Dawn a lot to see where your head was at. I wanted to make sure you weren't overly stressed about anything else. So, I mean, for me, there it wasn't a sudden thing. And and uh, and then I think I tried to warn you. Mm-hmm. I think I actually told you right beforehand or the night. Was it the day before or something? I, no, I, well, yeah, I, cer- I certainly knew that that was coming. Right. Um, didn't seem right to me. That, that didn't seem like a... I didn't want you to dwell on it. You had something that you had to do the night before that was really big. And I think I waited. You'd gone out, you were going out with the girls uh, or something. And I wasn't trying to be uh, duplicitous at all. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want, there was some something you had, something big the night sure. before. I didn't want to fuck that up. And, and I appreciate that you, you were, you treated it like a real relationship. Mm-hmm. But not like a situation like, ah, I got to get out of this right now. No, it's a, no. I've made a decision. Now I have to work out the timing. 
right? For me, it was it was so odd because you said that you had thought it was going to happen before, and, and it wasn't at all. I was completely um, surprised um, when you thought that previously. Um, for me, though, because we had such a transparent relationship, I knew that there was no way that I was going to or that I wanted to. Um, having come to that realization, pretend that I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And so it was very quickly after I came to that. I mean, a very short period of time. Um, I would say, I, I, can't, I didn't write it down exactly, but I would say probably uh, less than a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wanted to make sure, made sure I had a good night's sleep. I made sure I was eating. I made sure I was sure. hydrating. I made sure I wasn't on my period. I made sure, <laughs> you know, um, that I wasn't sort of making any kind of crazy uh, decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so what led to the decision? What was what was the deciding factor? What was the point where you said, I no longer need his collar? Because I, and is it true that there would have been a point in your life where you said, yeah, I actually do need his collar? I'm not sure I understand that second question. Well, let's start with the first one then. Okay. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like a defining thing. I think that if, if it had been something horrible or bad, then it would have mm-hmm. been a defining, you know, like, oh, this person cheats on this person or this person right. breaks a promise or this person. It wasn't that way at all. Um, I think that increasingly for me, I had found that um, I was making decisions without thinking what would master say mm-hmm. about this. And it wasn't that I was circumventing. It was that uh, I think that I was, I had, well, I know that you love it whenever I talk science or <laughs> sociology or psychology, but the sociology folks out there will understand when I say internalizing the gaze, um, Bentham's gaze, the notion that at some point I had stopped needing to look outside myself for the sound of my master's voice and that Mm -hmm. there was something inside me that was resonating as my master's voice. And more often than not, and I didn't even realize it had shifted because more often than not, we were in unison. We Mm -hmm. were in sync, right? We were harmonizing. It wasn't, there was no disconnect. Right. But then I, at some point I realized, I forget what it was, it was something very superficial, but I realized that I hadn't even stopped to think what would Master think about this, that I had made the decision, that I felt my decision was sound and correct, mm-hmm. and probably in all likelihood it was what you would have said anyhow, but it had not occurred to me at all to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was such a, I, I, it almost was like I heard a noise. It was that much of a hmm. sort of a symbol, sort of a crashing, sort of in my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, because for years I had stopped and thought, what would he say? Or should I ask him? Or do I need to ask him? Right. Or whatever. Um, and I thought, oh, that's very interesting. Um, and then I started to sort of pick apart backwards. I started thinking about the process of becoming your slave uh, and the steps. Um, and realized that subconsciously I'd been sort of stepping out of that, you know. And for me, um, uh, for me, it, it became almost like, and and I and I remember when I approached you about giving me away at my wedding, saying that you were sort of like a father, more of a father to me. At some point, it became almost like that paternal thing where you raise a child, and then the expectation is at some point the child is going to walk mm-hmm. out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still surprising to me, and I struggled with it. Um, I wept. Um, I was so grateful to have a partner that was very understanding. Um, we'll call her S. <laughs> um, and, and for clarity's sake, S is not part of the lifestyle. She certainly, no. when you and S met, she was aware that I was part of your life and as a master, so mm-hmm. she had the quick... Uh, uh, she had an immersion. She came to BTL mm-hmm. and actually spent some time at BTL. That's she, right. Yeah, she, you brought your... She is not polyamorous. Um, she is not... Well, she says she's not kinky. She's not... Uh, There's BDSM, a story. Right. <laughs> she's... Um, she just... She's not into... Her, she doesn't like the idea of anybody hurting me. Mm-hmm. She respects that I like to be hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, she definitely not... Um, so not only did she come into my life and accept this sort of craziness compared to... Um, what she would consider normal. But yeah, she came into a relationship and you were my master and um, she knew you mm-hmm. from a different circle. Mm-hmm. and Which uh, probably helped. Uh, immensely, I'm sure. She respected you. He respected her. She had a lot of questions. 
Mm-hmm. And she asked them, and so I respected the hell out of that. So yeah, I I I I got to decompress, and she was wonderful for a person who's not polyamorous. She was incredibly wonderful um, to hold my hand as I made that sort of decision, uh, because the process of leaving you or leaving her collar um, to me way more difficult than leaving a lover, way more difficult than leaving. My husband, the decision of my husband when I made that decision. And But it, it helps, I would guess, that those were relationships that were instinctively unhealthy, right? Where yeah. we had a healthy mm-hmm. relationship. But as you said, and I totally agree with this, you outgrew mm-hmm. the relationship. Yeah, you know what, I'm not even, I, I, I actually pause a little bit and look back on that. And my philosophy on power exchange is that that is actually what the point, the purpose of being a master is to have somebody outgrow the need to be a slave. Now, Dawn sticks around because she wants to be my slave. Okay. And she's very comfortable with that. But there's certainly times where I say, go, go off and become a clergy or go off and do mm-hmm. this thing. And she's perfectly capable of doing so. So I think that if Dawn, for whatever reason, wanted to not, if I wasn't around, then Dawn would be certainly as functional as capable as you mm-hmm. are absolutely but then too that your relationship with her also included children that you absolutely. raised oh, yeah. and um as we've said our our <laughs> air quotes you can't see air quotes on a podcast <laughs> our air quotes sex life um not anything that anybody else would probably consider right. sex ever um and so different mm-hmm. uh what do you, yeah. so what would you tell, from this experience, do you have advice to people that are sitting there thinking, man, I want to get out of, the, out of somebody's collar? Whether, and this is in a case, not necessarily where you're running from somebody's collar, but where you've made right. a decision. It is time for me to grow. Time for me to move on without this particular relationship. Whether it's to move from one person, so you have the freedom to move to someone else, or just to get away Again, we're saying this like a negative, but again, Mm-mm. leaving somebody's just like a, a yeah. bird leads the nest sort of thing. Well, for me, it was important. It's in, and I, in all of my relationships since I met you, I never did this in any of my relationships before you, but uh, in all my relationships that ended after I was, you're adjusting weird things. Nope, keep going. Um, I always sat with the person, if it was a, a substantial relationship, as we were breaking up and drafted like a goodbye letter to our friends and you know like us this is our relationship and it's ending mm-hmm. and we posted that publicly on FET for instance um so I'm a big fan of again uh, that came as, uh, as being your slave of of intent uh there was an, there should be an, uh, the same amount of intent and thoughtfulness and love and respect if you can manage it um mm-hmm. when you're exiting a relationship is when you're going in and so the first thing I would say, and I guess it depends on the kind of relationship. Um, we know some slaves that aren't really expected to have a private thought. Hmm. Um, they're supposed to come immediately and say any, everything. Um, and that's fine if that's your dynamic. But otherwise, I would think that first you need to sit with it. And like I said, for me, that meant quite literally taking about 24 hours and checking in with myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, going, as Bella Dawn would say, into manual mode. Right. And, and going, okay, am, am, is there something that's happening? Am I upset about anything else? Is there, you know, is there something else that's happening? Am I overreacting? No, I'm not. Okay. Um, I went back into my slave journal. I read some of the very first things that were written in there um, to try to remember why it was I became slave bat. Um, I thought a lot about you. I perhaps thought more about you than I thought about myself at that point. What was going on with your life? Um, was this going to negatively impact you? Um, but for so for advice for other people, though, how much credence can you give that? Well, I think that if you're escaping a relationship or if it's an unhealthy right. relationship, then you oughtn't give that. You should not give a rat's ass if, mm-hmm. if, if, you, if your master is not honoring and respecting you. Um, if you're not feeling like you can respect yourself in the relationship, then you should run fucking screaming. Um, you know that. <laughs> um, but I think that for me, at that point, I only had a couple options. I could have, I could have shoved it down and ignored it, mm-hmm. 
Um, you taught me to respect myself far too much to do that. I wasn't going to do that. I could have approached you and renegotiated, which we had previously. We had, sure. We had renegotiated the sex out of our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't want anything else with you. I didn't want less with you. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like you wanted less with me. Um, I, I, to me, that would have cheapened it. That's just me. But for some people, that might be the answer. If, if, it's, if it's, for instance, another relationship that's not working. If my partner had had a problem with you and said, like, it's either... Right. Then I would have probably come to you and said, "Here's the situation." Right. Right. Um, but that wasn't an issue. Um, so, I think personally, it's very it's important. As a master, it's important that you have made a decision already, mm-hmm. because my natural instinct is that you're supposed that you are supposed to come to me, and I'm supposed to fix it. Mm-hmm. Right. You're presenting something. If you presented something's broken. I would have given you a solution to fix it. But instead you said, I've made a decision. And my options were to accept it or to... Yeah, I forget what you said to me. It was, it it, it made me cry, I remember that. But something to the effect of like, you know, I want to say no. Mm -hmm. Right? (laughs) Right. Refuse. Yeah. Refuse. Refuse to release you. Um, But for me, it was, it was such a... mm, it was really important to me um, that that I be thoughtful and that the leaving be as respectful as the coming was. Um, and, oh, I like the way you put that, actually. And f- for me, I kept, in that brief period there, um, which was between BTL and the Christmas holidays were mm-hmm. coming, I kept thinking about Euro, what Euro does sushi. The, guy, the mm-hmm. sushi movie. Yeah, yeah. I kept thinking about that. That 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 movie stuck with me because I remembered how the one man who had served the one chef. Mm-hmm. Um, Euro dreams of sushi. Euro dreams of sushi. Audience. Thank you, thank you. Um, how he said that years later he has his own restaurant and everything, but if he knows where that master is, he never sleeps with his feet mm. face. Mm-hmm. You know that he that there's this sort of uh, sense, and that's why I said. It, you're not nothing to me at this point. You you can't possibly be. It's not it's not that our relationship ceased to exist. That I feel like for me it's very familial, um, and there's love, mm-hmm. and there always will be love, yep. and there's an incredible amount of respect. Mm-hmm. Um, my respect for you has kept me mute in the community still about certain aspects that I think you know I wouldn't I I wouldn't want to say that. I wouldn't want to, as his ex-slave, as somebody I, who, you know what I mean? Okay. So you're not saying about me, per se. No, 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 about, no. <laughs> uh, no, about other things, about, you know, that um, because we were public figures, mm-hmm. and I say we were, you still are, I have stepped into a slightly different role mm-hmm. um, due to work and due to some other things, and I don't know if that will change in the future, but for now... My role's one step back um, from the community. I'm boring you. <laughs> no, I, I had the opportunity to, to yawn. yawn um, it's adorable. It. Um, so we were public, and um, a lot of people would tell us shit. Yeah. And the way you run your family is you, you, that shit stops there. You don't carry tales. You don't tell things. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't act like, you know, you don't show out. You don't um, act up. You don't do... There's just a certain way that you run your family. Um, And so I, at this point, am not collared to you. I, I, you know, I'm my own free agent, so to Mm -hmm. speak. Um, I identify as fat, uh, on fat as leather woman. That's that's what I chose because that's as close to what I am Mm -hmm. um, at my core. Um, So... Even after, though, I still have this sense of respect for you in the community, which means I won't, there's, you know, if I know where a body's buried, and not in a bad way, he didn't bury a body. <laughs> but, you know, if somebody else in the community gave me some gossip about somebody right. else in the community, right. I still try to not carry that. I still try to carry myself, um, and I said this to you in this building, in fact, at one point, that there's a shadow of a master on my back, and, and somebody was near us and heard that and said that that sounded insidious. It's not at all insidious that I, f- that 
that became part of hmm. part and and part of who I was. And that's where I think that the 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 key is right. You get to take those parts that are valuable, hmm. and you keep them at, for yourself. So it doesn't have to be like you said. It's not what would master do. Hmm. What would bat do? Right. And and, and there's that you know you you reflect that the. Stuff you're not posting on FetLife is because of, you know, oh, I don't want to reflect poorly on the on the house, even though I'm no longer part of it. But perhaps it's it's just you. Mm-hmm. You don't feel the need to speak that way anymore. Right. And I think that I probably relaxed a little bit because I think every so often. Um, and I actually found myself in. So I've actually found myself saying to my partner, my fiance, at times, um, the old me would have dot, dot, dot. Right. Because I, I, without you there, mm-hmm. there are moments when I think, I could fucking do that shit. Sure. Right there. Sure. Uh-huh. All right. And, um, but I don't want to. Oh, my God. Um, and it's funny because uh, she told me that she told somebody else that I was the most honest person she had ever met. That when I say things, I actually, to her, she knows that that's exactly what I mean. And she's allowed to say things to me, and it's exactly what. She means, and it's an honest relationship, and that's a direct result from you. So, I tried to leave you with as much honesty as we created the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I can't remember if you asked me to write something at some point or what, but I remember about maybe a year and a half in, um, after I had been collared, maybe a year and a half being asked about what I got out of it or what, whatever. And, and, and I remember saying that when we first met, I wanted you. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted. I wanted you. Um, and that's what I wanted you to give me was you. And you gave me me. <laughs> and uh, that was way better than you, no offense. You know? Mm-hmm. F- helping me find myself. And that's why I asked you if I could keep the name Bat. I'm very comfortable um, with the name Bat the exception of people at work or my family. Mm-hmm. Everybody calls me bad. I'm more, I'm more me as bad. Um, and so why would I want to fuck that up? Mm-hmm. I mean, I could have I stayed. But I, I don't, I, I think that there's, there's uh, what is your intent? My intent. And, and you said what was the tipping point. And, and I think to be completely candid, I would have to say this, that there came a moment when I realized that the only reason in that period of time that I was thinking that the only reason I was staying was I was afraid to go. Mm. That, that I did not need to stay. You mm-hmm. did not need me to be there. We did not need. We might want, but we did not need. Neither mm-hmm. of us had a need. I had other things that I thought that the world needed me to be doing or whatever. And the only thing that was keeping me there was this fear of what does it mean? To, because I, for people that aren't aware, I came into the community. Not, I, I came in to you not knowing who you were in this community at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know you were a quote-unquote rock star. And I didn't know about the podcast. <laughs> and I didn't know about the books until you handed me the books. And so at some point, I realized that I mean, I gave, I gave it some serious thought. I realized that leaving you was going to mean that I didn't get invited certain places automatically. It meant that I had to sign up to go to certain places. <laughs> no, but I mean, I was being very, I'm a logical person. Sure, it meant, no, no, that's reasonable. That didn't bother me at all. That wasn't an issue, uh, but I had to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realized I was just afraid that there were some things I was afraid of. I was afraid of what it was like, it would be like to wake up. And I, I even considered approaching you and asking if we could like so wean off of it in some fashion because I couldn't imagine what it was like to wake up in the morning and not be thinking I needed to send you an email or mm-hmm. I needed to say goodnight or I needed to, you know, I couldn't imagine. Um, and, and when I realized that the only reason I was staying was because I was afraid that was not okay. Right. You told me over and over, right? Fear is not very useful. Mm-hmm. Fear is not very useful. Um, here. Fear is not very useful here. Um, and so for me, that was that was a decision to go. So for people, if anybody approached me and said, I'm considering leaving, I, I, would, I would tell them to whatever their method is, whether it's praying or journaling or meditation or whatever, um, to sit 
to sit with themselves and figure out what their intent was. Was the intent that they needed to change the relationship or was the intent that it was it needed to end? Right. And for us, I felt like ours was just, it had grown and it wasn't going to grow anymore. And, and we could have kept me on a pot on your patio and it could have been beautiful and safe and wonderful, but mm-hmm. I needed to grow in different directions, mm-hmm. you know, so. And you were really um, gracious in the leaving as was Velvet Dawn. I couldn't have asked for a better, she hates the term sister slave, and we never figured out what else to call ourselves. Right. But um, leaving that relationship was almost as difficult as leaving the one I had with you. Um, she and I, and you'll probably never know, and you probably don't need to know, she and I really truly um, shared a common goal of making your life more pleasant and more productive and uh, she was an awesome primary to serve with she was uh, as far as alpha slave I really I can't say enough things uh, to this day I, I, I very seldom will still just I very seldom will say Dawn I always want to say Bella Dawn mm-hmm. so I've I've been able to release your honorific when I speak of you to other people I say and I'm drop I'm for people that can't see because you're on a podcast. I'm dropping my eyes because I'm about to call him Dan. <laughs> and it's weird. I I don't think I've called you that to your face in years. Yeah, yeah. But when I refer to you to other people, that's sure. what I say. And her, it's mostly still Bella Dawn. It's it's that honorific has sort of stuck. Um, she it was much easier for me to. Leave your collar, knowing that she would be there if you if you had any issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that she it was really beautiful that that night, the way that she gave us space, but that she came in and she took notes for us, and um, mm-hmm. it was really beautiful. I thought that I couldn't have asked for a more respectful exit. No, I managed to put my. I feel somewhat. I was in the tight ass master mode at that point it was a very much a get it done and get in a manual mode right and you'd mentioned that earlier and that idea of manual mode where we put ourselves in a lot position of logic so we can get shit done and then from a logical perspective you take a look at emotions and say okay guys what's going on here and how many of you are valid and need to be heard and how many of you are just uh children running around with your clothes on fire which is a horrible image. Oh, very horrible. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> and I had had a week to think about it, and right. you had had less than 24 hours. So it, And how you, you know. think it's going to go and how it does go. And I would say for myself that um, manual mode is very valuable because there are, and so this is my advice for people that uh, masters where your slave comes to you and your slave leaves you. Now, fortunately for me, I personally see the hallmark of being a master as a level of self-awareness and self-confidence and self-esteem. And I feel that I have a grasp on all that jazz. Even with that, there were feelings of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was a better master, if I had given you more time, if I had given you the dick, if I had given <laughs> you, what was it that I did not give you, uh-huh. or I was unable to give you, or I was unqualified to give you, that caused you to leave now manual mode logically i recognize that all of that gets set aside and it's not all bullshit but it all gets set aside for the recognition of your wait a minute even if all of that is true we had a committed um relationship that had certain boundaries right and those boundaries were the same throughout most of the four years, right? Mm. We de- in the beginning, it was like, what is this? What is that? Mm. Right? Um, and philosophically, I truly believe that if that the fact that you actually spent f- almost four years was a little surprising to me because that's kind of a record for people in my collar, right? Most mm. of them get t- either get tired. No, most of them get tired of the limitations that being my <laughs> slave involves in, right? Um, so stepping back, now that time has passed, to be able to tell the story, yeah, I, I brought somebody in, they asked for my collar, I gave him my collar, and, and after some time passed, 
And I love the way you put it. No longer did you have to think, what would Master do? Instead, you just thought, what would Bat do? And therefore, it became more powerful for new situations to come up where you didn't get to go look. Hey, Master, what do I do? Instead, you've got the resources to answer that question yourself, and it's part of natural growth. Right. So from a manual mode perspective, I dig all that. And and slowly as time goes by, you get to the point of accepting it. Um, and, 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 I, and in truth, I do accept it, which doesn't mean that it wasn't and isn't unoccasionally painful. It does make you look in the mirror and say, what else could I have done? What else should I have done? But you always have to balance that with, the recognition, that's, as we say in the other group, this is the cause of suffering. This is how things are exactly, things are exactly as they are right now. It's been six months and we're sitting in front of a microphone talking about the past. That's the reality. That's the truth. That's the way things actually are. Suffering is the way I wanted things to be, the way I wish things would be. And even looking back, in truth, do I wish things were any different? No. I'm quite proud of the fact that you outgrew me. That's really what you want. You know, as you said, and we don't have a daddy-little-girl relationship. And no. I'm no. glad that we don't. But the paternal <laughs> idea that, you know, someone, you've tutored someone. You know, when you mentor somebody at the workplace, you don't expect them to be mentored forever. Victory, the winning condition, is when they succeed without you, you know. So it's very neat to see that you're succeeding without me. It is particularly... Interesting, like you said, you don't hang around the community a whole lot right now due to a variety of things. Mm -hmm. um, so I have not had that challenge of having, one, having you around a whole lot, uh, but especially having you around as a slave, and especially as someone else's slave, which that would be a Although fun... Although you did try to just... <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> Do you remember whenever you approached somebody and said this would, this, she would be an excellent slave if you're, con you know, if you're considering... I, I believe what I, I believe that was so, Master Fire. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I did not say that you would be, I said that you were an excellent, an excellent slave, slave right. and an excellent role model as a slave. I was not right. trying to pimp you out to Master Fire, <laughs> for clarity's sake. But I think that, um, yeah, so I, I uh, we're not maybe having as many awkward moments, although we still, we, we just were at PXS together, which mm -hmm. is a power exchange event i was working for you but not right. as your slave but that's very valuable there pxs okay. mm -hmm. and to me beyond the love it says it's already a predefined relationship mm -hmm. that you are working for me right right and as a matter of fact as uh, even dawn there doesn't act as my slave right. you know she's yeah but i mean we, we do have occasion to see each other but yeah mm -hmm. it's perhaps not quite as awkward um as it might be for some people um but again, I wasn't going, for me, it wasn't acceptable that the fear of it being awkward or the fear of it being sad. It was just, you know, and it was not easy. I'll tell you what, seriously, I, I wept leading up to it. I wept following it. Um, I had a lot of little shower moments. Um, it was not an easy decision. It was such a right decision, mm. but not at all mm -hmm. easy. Um, and so, and and it became very important to me um, that it bothered me that some people assumed you had done something or that I had done something. That bothered me. Yeah. Um, and for a while, I actually almost made myself more present just so people wouldn't think, oh, she's like off licking her wounds. And then I thought, fuck, who gives a yeah. shit what anybody else thinks about it? Um, people are going to make up their stories. Right, they're going to make up their stories. It's not It's not my, it's, it just has nothing to do with me. So uh, for me... Um, it was just the right thing to do. And, um, it is. Right so now. here's the, the, though it is because of habit challenging at first to not just tell you, go get me a glass of water. Do you remember when that happened at, I have a vague recollection of such that a thing. was, what was that? We were at the hotel cope or a winter, winter wicked. Okay. Yeah. Standing by the ATM machine. That was the only slip that I ever saw in terms, because um, you had actually told me that night that if I, when I left your collar, you'd said, if I treat you like, if I slip up and treat you as my slave, you need to tell me, mm -hmm. I need you to tell me, mm -hmm. right? Cause habit. And Bella Dom was going outside to do something. She's in her bare feet and it was cold. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you turned to me and you were like, go get her and stop her. Right. And then I literally saw your your gears sort of turning. You were like, (laughs) bat? Would you mind? <laughs> Would right. you mind going and telling her? You right. know, it, because it was just it, you know instinctively it was sending one slave to save another slave from yeah. frostbite yeah. or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, um, I think uh, we're both grown ass people that own our own shit, mm-hmm. and there was nothing bad about our relationship. I think if I had lied to myself or to you. If I had let it go past the point, that would have been bad. Sure. That would have been all kinds of bad. For It would have been, to me, intolerable because our relationship was built on such a, a foundation of trust. Um, so there was nothing bad. There was nothing. It, it felt, for me, very organic, but that didn't mean it wasn't uncomfortable and sad. Um, all right. I have one more comment and then one more question for you, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, my question is, when you were going through the slave journal mm-hmm. after you'd already left the collar, or even before that, right? It just so happens you just found my titty mug and cleaned it up as you're cleaning things up. <laughs> yeah. Have you found any unfulfilled tasks, things that I've told you to do, <laughs> that are still in your journal that don't have a little check mark next to them? Um, yes, but... <laughs> Had you, if you were still at my collar, the but would not, the yes would be the end of that sentence. Right, except for some of them you you abandoned. Um, at one point you were like, find me t-shirts with oranges on them. And that was still in my slave journal. That made me laugh because <laughs> I remember the time you were like, I said to you, well, I found Lola. And you were like, what? You'd forgotten. You'd, <laughs> you'd forgotten. Um, no, the things that are left undone are things that were processed things that were left undone because they were. Undone. Make reservations for GLOA right. 2017. Um, exactly. Things like that. Okay. Um, yeah. And um, I still talk to Belle at dawn. Mm-hmm. She and I are actually having lunch tomorrow. Oh, good. Um, tomorrow. Wednesday, See, that, and that actually, that pleases me because I would, because she does tend to get protective of me. Mm-hmm. So if she perceives that your actions caused me pain, mm-hmm. she's likely to respond like a uh, mama bear. Uh, uh, and she and I shared that. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that I was saying that you, you might not ever know, but there was actually one particular, which I won't go into what it was, but one particular thing that wove its way through our shared slavehood that she and I actually sat down one night in a dark parking lot and said, we need to not ever talk about this because it's, are you going to ask her about it? No. <laughs> that. Yes, <laughs> um, because if we talk about... <laughs> I'm two for know, two, by the way. Yes. I'm two for two on he's, these. He's guessing perfectly. There's no um, guessing. Okay. Because we knew that... The ghost of Slave Bat is still talking to me. Right. The That <laughs> I was so protective of you. Yes. That anything that that person did would get me so riled up. I remember you said you actually emailed me once and said, Hackles down, Kame. That's when you called me Kame. <laughs> Hackles down, Kame. I've got this. And she was so protective of you mm-hmm. that if she and I had talked about that situation, we actually made a conscious decision not to talk about that. We'd open our mouths to talk about it. We would stop <laughs> and we'd actually say, not going to go there um, for that very reason, because we were both incredibly protective of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she cut a bitch. I cut a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> My last uh, comment. Um, have you ever heard me in either the book or teaching or just saying it in casual conversation about who the person, whether it's a master or a slave, who the person actually who has the power in that relationship is. Mm. It's the person who can walk away. Mm. So clearly you had come into your power. Mm. So thank you. Thank you for uh, sitting with me and chatting and processing. I'm not still going to be quite happy that I did not cry during this interview. Maybe a bit. Maybe a bit. So I can't. So there's no marks here. No. no okay, marks. because that was one of um, that was one time when I was baking you cookies and I was naked because I like I do things in my house naked. I was at my house and I was naked. I heard my skin sizzling <laughs> before I felt it. The mm-hmm. cookie sheet had slid and it was so freaking hot that it just seared. Mm-hmm. And then I went ah! and then it came back down and I had like right. That, those were actually the longest 
lasting scars on my body and all the crazy ass shit I've ever done. Well, the baking fucking you basically scarred me. Yes. Well, I I will say that the <laughs> fact that the baking cookies for me, uh, the actual the the perceived melted flesh of yours actually made them more tasty. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Don. Yes, sir. Bye. Bye, Don. Bye, Dan.